Welcome to the Joyful Journey podcast. If you're looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose or how to activate that purpose, and you are someone who wants to operate from your highest self to be a force for good you know this world craves, then this is the show for you. I'm Anita Adams, your host and guide to finding clarity and creating a life you love. Let's tap into our inner wisdom, access our highest self, and unleash joy. As we do this, we raise our vibration and heighten the collective consciousness. And that, my friend, is the joyful journey. Let's dive in. Hey, Joyful Journeyer, Nita Adams here, your host. And today I'm pleased to introduce you to Maria Angelova. Maria is a disruptor, author, speaker, communist, communist. <laughs> She's not a communist, (laughs) but she is, (laughs) she is a columnist. (laughs) Okay, I'm keeping this. (laughs) A columnist, a podcast host, Pilates teacher, mindset coach, and founder and CEO of Rebellious International. I'm so glad you're not a communist, though. (laughs) All right. No, there is the relation. Maybe that's what you were thinking about. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> and today, today, uh, Maria and I are going to talk about the power of mindset. Maria is on a mission to change the face of the wellness industry through shifting the mindset around self-care and fitness. As a mind-body coach, Maria's superpower is alignment through a strong body and a calm mind so people can live a life of freedom, happiness, and fulfillment. And prior to founding Rebellious International, Maria was a finance director and a professional with 17 plus years of progressive corporate experience in telecommunications, finance, and the insurance industries. She was born in Bulgaria. Maria moved to the United States in 1992, and she's just a super smart woman, having graduated with the highest honors in her class in finance at both the Georgia State University and the University of Georgia. She says her favorite job, though, is being a mom. Welcome, Maria. Thank you. so great to be here with you. Thanks for having me. I love having you here. And I didn't know before reading your bio that you were born in Bulgaria. Did you know I was in Bulgaria just a couple months ago? Yes, I saw your post. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful country, isn't it? It is a beautiful country. I loved it. And I loved the food and the people and just everything about Bulgaria. It's a place I, I definitely want to go back and experience more of. What part of Bulgaria are you from? I'm from the capital, Sofia. Okay. And that's where we spent our time was mostly in Sofia. Yeah. We we cycled from, um, uh, well, from, from Albania and Sofia was our final destination. And then we got on a, a night train to Turkey from, from Sofia, but what a, what a beautiful country. So anyways, I'm just, I'm excited to learn this little piece of information uh, about you. So very cool. Okay. You get my country. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, 1992, you moved to the United States. Is this when you also jumped from being a finance guru to being a fitness guru? 
Oh gosh, Anita, you're aging me. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> 92, uh, I moved to the United States because my dad was invited to be uh, an exchange scientist at the University of Georgia. So him and the rest of the family came for what was six months visit, which turned out to be in a 30 plus year visit. And I that's when I started high school, actually in Athens, Georgia, where the University of Georgia is. And uh, I graduated school there, high school. I went to UGA, did my undergraduate degree, worked for a while, and then I quit my finance job in 2016. Okay. Uh, my rebellious journey in 2016. Fantastic. Now that's that's quite the the jump from from high level executive finance position to uh you know moving into the the fitness Pilates I know is your is your passion and working with people in the, in creating that wellness in the in the mind body and soul. Can you tell me about that that journey that shift? What happened for you to make that that what feels like a very drastic shift from one industry into a completely different so it's interesting i fitness was a side geek a hobby for me for a long time i started going regularly to the gym when i was 12 i started teaching fitness group exercise classes when i was 16 and even throughout my career professional career i always taught gym classes on the side for fun i discovered pilates in 2010 no 2012 excuse me and I was very surprised by what Pilates was. It didn't fit. I used to teach the high intensity, sweaty workouts. And my first Pilates workout was very, I have to say, blah. And I was like, what kind of a workout is this? I didn't sweat. I didn't burn. I didn't feel my core. I was. I felt awkward on the machine. There was something intriguing about it. So I stuck with it. I got certified in 2012. And I honestly think what happened, Anita, is that one hour session for me became a, like a therapy session. It was an hour that I had to focus purely onto my body, how I'm moving, what I'm doing. And I couldn't think of the work, of the kit, of what to do, of the project, whatever else you've got going on. It was truly an hour all to myself. And I credit that for allowing me to connect to my intuition. Mm. And it was my move was, if you can believe it, was totally intuition driven. Um, frequently people ask me, did you hate your job? Nope, I did not. I actually had the best boss, uh, which actually made me last at the job for longer than I originally planned. Um, I was working with an amazing team. I actually really liked and enjoyed what I used to do before. Um, but there was something inside me that was pushing me to make this change. Since I was probably about 20, since I started working, in the back of my head, I had this voice saying, one day I'm going to have my own fitness studio. But, you know, that was like one day down the road. And as I started climbing the corporate ladder, that voice kind of started getting quieter and quieter until one day it was like, no, we're going to do this. And it was unconventional. It was atypical. It was scary. And yeah, it was purely an intuition driven change. That's really fascinating. I, I'm interested in a couple things that you're you're saying. Um, one, I totally get that intuition drive, like when you're that you would make such a dramatic, dramatic, dramatic change based on your intuition. I've been there. I know what that feels like, and it can be people will respond like you're doing what. <laughs> you <know? laughs> 
and it's hard to explain. It's just like I have this this understanding that this is mine to do, um, but you can't really explain it to others. I I find it also interesting that um, your your intuition or your inner voice of wisdom, which I often call it, or my your soul voice, got quieter because you were ignoring it. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's really important that we presence that because that's that's what what happens when we and I believe it's why so many people don't uh, cannot hear the whispers of their soul because they have ignored it for so long that they can't hear that internal guidance that's trying to move them in the direction the direction that's going to be best for their for their life that's going to create the greatest happiness can you can you go back to that time and share with us a little bit more about how it triggered how it really how you were able to tap into that inner knowing again was it through the pilates class was it just one class or was it a series of classes that helped okay she's nodding her head speak tell us tell us more <laughs> oh yeah I, I don't think it's something that just happened for at least for me it wasn't an overnight thing it was a process where um well first of all the point that you make i think it is so key that the more we do things that we're told we should do, we must do, we have to do, we should do, this is how you do it. Um, and we fall into that, following the rules, following the shoulds and the must. The more we do that, the more we disconnect for who we from who we truly are. And we disconnect from our soul's calling, intuition, sixth sense, whatever you would like to call it. And then for me, it was a process where the awareness started creeping in of like, huh, the thought comes, right? And then it comes again. It was fascinating. And again, this sounds kind of crazy for somebody who is not experiencing it, but I would literally get off on the office floor, you know, the elevator doors would open. I had to make a right, go through one door where the reception was, and then make a left to go through another set of doors. And when I would slide my batch and walk in, I would literally feel like I'm getting suffocated. Uh-huh. And that sense of suffocation started intensifying to where I was like, oh my gosh, like, what is that? And I really think that was my intuition was like, how many times do I have to say this? Let's go ahead and do, <laughs> let's do this. But it's scary to leave a career and education and something you have built for so long um, to start from scratch and to start basically on something that you love. That's a hobby. Yeah. That's, you know, not something that I had already built on the side and was like, well, let's just give that a go. So, but yeah, it was a process and it started I had a conversation with my husband in 2015, the spring of 2015. And I think he totally dismissed me. I thought he thought like she was never going to do that. So then a year later, we had another conversation. And once again, I don't, I really don't think he believed that I was going to quit. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just give it time and get ready for this. And uh, then I was like six months and I'm going to quit. And I'm telling you, like, I was like six months and I'm going to quit. And, And that's what I did. Wow. Gave him fair warning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> Granted, he didn't take me seriously, but I surely did. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's, that's really interesting. Um, I, just going back a little bit to you saying that you had this, this constriction in your throat. I believe that's, that's just another way of us 
tuning into what our body's telling us, tuning in, tuning into the inner wisdom. So you, it comes in as a as a thought initially, and it piques your interest, and you start to pay attention to that. But you're not you're not taking action, and then your body starts constricting. It's like this is you got to listen to me. I'm gonna strangle you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so then you start to pay more and more attention. So th- I think it's just good for people to to hear that, that it can, your inner wisdom can speak to you in different ways, that your your body is telling you something and you got to pay attention. Um, so I, because we're here to talk about mindset, I'm curious if you feel that that you also possess, so you listen to the, your inner wisdom, you listened and you, you took action. Do you possess, or do you think there was a certain mindset that you have that enabled you to have the courage, the confidence to move into a new role, to totally let go of your identity? And I get that whole, you know, like you're, you're a smart corporate businesswoman who has had success 17 years in this one field to become a Pilates instructor, you know, like there's kind of like this almost feels like a disconnect, right? And people will, again, they could judge you. You, Like you said, your husband just kind of like ignored what you were saying. He just dismissed it. So what was going on in the the mental side, the, the mind side that was, that enabled you to make that shift? So it's very interesting that you ask that because I do have to say I got into it a little bit cocky because I was like, I'm an A student. I'm an honor student. I've done so great in my corporate career, right? I know this. I'm going to figure this out. And mind you, I come from a communist country where there was no entrepreneurship, right? My families were academia, so there's no entrepreneurship there. I'm, you know, my aunt years not too long ago before we moved here she became an entrepreneur but she's the only entrepreneur that I knew but I got I kind of got a little bit fed by my ego like oh I got this I'm gonna figure it out well the journey started with uh let's just say a crash uh, because I got out and I quickly figured out like I have no idea where to start (laughs) and at that point uh it was a very rough awakening because I had no salary. We were paying crazy money for Cobra. My husband was like, he thought I had lost my mind giving up my corporate career. A lot of people, I found a lot of judgment. So people were pulling away thinking she's crazy. Um, And it turned out to be a very dark place. Mm. And I will tell you the, the blessing of that dark place. You know, I don't think things happen randomly to us. Was I was at the point where it was like, and the irony of it is my company was called Rebellious, right? So I was sinking into the dark thinking I'm being rebellious and there was nothing rebellious about the experience of self-pity and blame. And the good news is that created a lot of awareness of like, okay, what are we going to do about it? So the easy choice was go back to corporate or let's figure out what it is that I need to do to make this a success. So I actually got myself into mindset coaching. And the first summit that I attended, I was like, oh my gosh, it was stuff I had not been exposed to. It was new things. And I was just shocked how it is possible. I was almost 40 years old to have never heard of thought about any of those things that they were talking about. 
And I even got to the summit like a little bit cocky. I was like, I don't have like childhood, you know, stories and stuff. Like I'm good. <laughs> and I was so delusional. Like that's probably a great word to use. And I remember, and to this day, I know there is a recording of this somewhere of me being in the mic in that summit. Like probably sounding so ridiculous because I was like, well, I've already quit my job. Like why are things not turning around? They're like, because now you have to take many more steps like that to do what you want to do. And I was like, no, I've already taken the scary step. Now it needs to be easy. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even know what I was thinking. So from there on, there was a lot of awareness of like, whoa, I have so many limiting beliefs. You know, there's work to be done. And, you know, the work started with me, which I, you know, the state of my business reflects the state of my mindset. I firmly believe that the state of our life is a reflection of our mindset. I believe that too. That's great. And it I love that you recognized that you needed to do something. You needed to figure it out. And I think that's that is key. There's a couple things that you said that are actually key. Um you use the word ego and cocky. I would like to change those two words to confidence. You had a confidence that you could do it or at least figure it out. And I really think that that is, uh, that's a great quality to have, to have that kind of confidence. And I also believe 100% that that's something that we can learn, that we can develop within ourselves. And then the next thing um, that you said is that uh, that you you needed to figure out what to do. So you you had the confidence to make the leap and then you realized, holy shit, I don't know what it what's going on. I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to figure it out. And then you registered into um, um, a mindset uh, summit, which is super cool because that clearly opened the door for your path, took, that it took you on this path to teach others how to have that that mindset. I really love that. And I think that's, I, I post a lot about this sort of stuff in my social media because confidence and taking action. You can build confidence and you build confidence by taking action. It's so important that we need to step into what we want to do by just figuring out the little the little um, baby steps was that um was there any internal guidance any inner wisdom that was that helped you to go down that path and in, in signing up for the summit i mean i know that was a long time ago but do you feel like there was something that was guiding you along that path or it's just like you're logically this is the next step I think it was probably a combination. I met somebody who I believe in like people's and people's energies and reading people's energy. And I also think there was like, there was that seeking of like, I don't even know what's next. Like, what should I do? Like, where should I go? What should I seek? I wasn't even sure what it is that I'm seeking. So I think the combination of the two, you know, part of it was logical. Yes, something needs to change. And part of it was like, okay, what this person is talking about, what she's talking, the summit that she's going to, that sounds like potentially could be something. I really was not sure what the summit would be like, but she praised that coach and she said she has had tremendous, you know, her life has changed post working with him. So I was like, I mean, at that point, like what is there to lose? Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, as the journey started, um, as an entrepreneur, you probably can relate to that. The journey is not a straightforward linear line from the bottom up. It's more like a roller coaster. I will 100% tell you that my self-care and what I preach today 
is what allowed me to, you know, skyrocket my business because going from here, you know, to here, you go to a lot of trials and tribulations. There is the doubts and, you know, the, what people say and what people hear, you don't trust yourself. You do what I then perceived in mistakes, which really were lessons that I was taking. But it's that journey that you have to stay grounded. And, mm-hmm. you know, if there's like one message and have to tell, no matter what you are, an entrepreneur, a person, is you have to stay grounded. So for me, my self-care practice, it's it's a non-negotiable to this so, point. And I want to get into what your self-care practice is. What is the connection between um, um, mindset and self-care? Okay, so let's say something happens that, I don't know, I make a phone call that didn't go the way that I wanted it to go. So the old me would now be mad, upset, raging, whatever it is, maybe blaming. Why did this this go? Maybe it's feeling self-pity. When your mind is quiet and when you can respond to something not going your way versus react, mm-hmm. you preserve a lot of energy your mental state is completely different. I used to have panic attacks. I used to have, you know, I used to be so stressed. I used to not be able to sleep. And I will tell you, like, because of my self-care, now I respond to things that don't go the way that I want to. And I remind myself, it's a constant mindset. I remind myself of trust and surrender and flow and there are no mistakes. All of these things are part of my regular practice, but they all start by me being grounded to myself, also being able to tune into myself and to my compass and guide versus the array of opinions that are around me of what I should do, what how I should do it and all of that. Does that make sense? It does. And it, I, I'm curious, do you feel like mindset, the, having the right mindset has to come f- before the self, you can create a good self-care practice or do you create a good self-care practice to develop the right mindset? That is a great, I <laughs> think they go so hand in hand. They because do, don't they? What I, do, what I teach is I use the body and movement to get to the to the mindset because what we learn in how, you know, like you started by saying, uh, listening to your body. That is what I teach people to do because our body gives us feedback 24-7. The problem is we're so disconnected that we cannot hear our body. So to me, a self-care routine that allows you to, quiet this down, I call it a calm mind, mm-hmm. allows you to have the capacity to even consider your mindset. Because if this is an overdrive, there's no space for you to think otherwise. You know it, you know how it should be done. And like you said in the beginning, when you follow your intuition, that is a very different lifestyle than when you follow common sense and logic. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, if you're very go, 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 Ego driving, you know, success, achievement, driving things. It's a it's a very different lifestyle. And for a lot of people, it's hard to connect, to disconnect from that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very hard. Yeah, I, I would agree with you about um, I, the self-care and mindset. Kind of go, They go very hand in hand, don't they? And as you improve one, you can improve the other. And it's, they are very supportive, com- mutually compatible. I noticed on your on your blog that you interviewed a number of uh, very successful entrepreneurs, leaders, people in high executive positions about their their self-care practices. Did you notice a, any kind of particular trend or things that these leaders were doing that was helping them be so successful? 100%. Stick to the basics. I mean, 
as a society, we think, you know, there's the new fitness trend, there's the new gadget that's going to measure something new, there's the new supplement, there is whatever new thing. It goes back to the basics. And as I tell my clients, when it comes to regards to fitness, the basics will never change. In the context of fitness, move, eat the right foods, sleep well, hydrate. It's the foundational pillars of wellness. There is you know, they can they can use, let's say, for example, different mindset techniques. Some can meditate, some can journal, some can read, but it's all around mindfulness. And that's what I always tell people. You have to find what works for you. But I think the very strong message is to the basics. And those basics, again, are movement, eating, eating Nutrition. well. Mm-hmm. Hydration. Hydration. Sleep. Sleep. Sleep well, yeah. You know, many of them talk about the right, being surrounded by the right people, like the tribe, what I call the tribe. But they, these are, you know, I, I also personally put into the equation, some people will put sustainability. I also consider environmental toxin reduction as part of that. You know, what kind of stuff do you put on your skin? Um, but the, you consistently see, and it's very interesting because it will be a C-level person to a life coach, to uh, a therapist, to like people in varying industry, people doing very different things, but the message is very consistent. That's really interesting. And that's, and that's, uh, it's simple too. Like you said, to the basics, you don't have to have like a major fitness routine. You don't have to get up at five o'clock in the morning and run 10 miles every day. You just, you need to move whatever that movement is. So it could be dance. It could be Pilates. It could be yoga. It could be walking. Is walking a considered a, okay, good. Cause I love walking. (laughs) Okay, Good. Eating well, hydration, and one sleep. more time and sleep and sleep. Okay. It's very key. Basic. Yeah. Very basic. Awesome. Very basic. That. And um, tell us what is, what is your specific um, ritual? And is it a, is it a morning self-care practice or is it, and does that, and that's the second part of the question. Does it matter when you have your self-care practice? You know what I say, if you can do it in the morning, go for it. If you cannot, just find whatever works for you, right? Everybody's got a different schedule. So if I tell you you have to do it at 5 a.m. and you're like, I am not a morning person, you will likely never do that, right? So if you have to do it at 5 p.m., do it at 5 p.m. If you need to, I was talking to another client yesterday, if you need to split it throughout the day and maybe do movement in the morning, maybe, I don't know, breathing at lunchtime, um, you know, cooking healthy meal in the evening, maybe that's your routine, then go go ahead and do that. My routine is very heavily based in movement. So whenever I have a chance to move, you know, Pilates is my baby. So I do something Pilates every day. It could be a different piece of equipment. It could be just moving on the mat. It could be just doing stretches, but I definitely do movement. I personally like to run. Um, I don't do long runs. I just run enough to get my heart beating. And because I actually enjoy running, I love to walk. So anytime I have an opportunity to walk, I would walk. And something else I would like to mention, Anita, is sometimes I'll tell people, go go get a cup of coffee and go for a walk. And they're like, oh, that's my exercise. Start moving away from thinking of exercise, exercise. Think, what can I do for my body that feels good? So I'm going to go meet my friend, grab a cup of coffee, and we're going to go for a walk. Like, get out of like, I have to do this. I must do this. Find things that you enjoy doing. Like you said, you love walking. Perfect. You love hiking. Perfect. You like biking. Do that. You like dancing. Whatever it is that you like to do, just do it and do it consistently. That's key. 
Yeah, for sure. And I like I like that. It's um that's a mindset shift in itself, isn't it? It's moving away from what I have to do, I should do this, and that there's a heavy weighted feel to it, to choosing to do something because it feels good for your for your body. I like that. And and it's yeah, just focusing on on the movement and what feels good. Very cool. Very cool. Um all right, so you said on your um on a, that you are on a mission to change the face of the wellness industry through shifting the mindset around self-care and fitness. So to me, that, that statement suggests that there is something wrong with the wellness industry. What is the mind shift that needs to happen there? Well, to what exactly we just talked about, I think fitness is frequently viewed as a way to lose weight. Ah. And what I teach my clients is that is the cherry on top. You mm. move so many other benefits, our body was designed to move. So you move because it feels good, because it helps you quiet down your mind. It's good for your mental well-being. It's good because it gets the circulation going, because it keeps your joints oiled. You know, it keeps your muscles strong. It keeps your heart beating. The breathing feeds your lungs. I mean, there is like a myriad of benefits, right? It keeps your bones strong. It's not just, well... I'm going to be skinny and therefore I'm healthy. There are plenty of skinny people who are not healthy and who are not moving enough. So I definitely think there's an opportunity to shift the mindset around that. I also think many think of fitness as something miserable. I have to go <laughs> to the gym and kill myself. And like you said, and therefore I don't want to go do it. Right. So change that mindset to... I, you know, I tell people, if you fall in love with movement, you never, ever have to work out a day in your life. And I think that is so true because then your body starts craving it. So if we shift that mindset of this is yet another thing on my to-do list, which is super long to begin with, and this is something that is nurturing for me, and I will do whatever feels good for me, then you would want to do it versus dread doing it. Absolutely. So do you have any any uh, mindset tips or hacks that will help us change the way we, we think about exercise? You know, that's what I preach to my clients every single day because <laughs> I constantly repeat what feels good. You know, and I also teach them if something doesn't feel right, if something is causing you pain as you move, that is your body's feedback of, I don't like this. So the whole idea of pushing through pain that is not a good idea. And I always tell people, when you work with me, we take that out of the window. We tune into your body and we meet your body. That's another important thing. Meet your body where it is. And I teach people to create a trust relationship with their body because let's say maybe you have an injury and now you're doing something and your body is screaming, your back is hurting. What is your body going to do? It's going to go into a guard mode because that doesn't feel good. So... When it tightens up, what does tension do? It limits your mobility. So in order for body, your body to let go and to increase mobility, it needs to relax first. And I call that a trust relationship. So if your body starts trusting you, uh, he or she will take care of me, I can relax. And then we can grow from there versus, well, I have been a couch potato for the past 20 years and now I'm going to go do, I don't know, some crazy bootcamp class and then I'm going to blow my knee off. I mean, that is not a good relationship with your body. So we have to be kind and gentle and loving and treat movement as, as a gift to our body. Yeah. And that's a very different mindset. So I encourage people to 
even picking up the workout or the movement that you do for the day. So let's say you're going to do a workout after we get off this call. Do you pause and check in with yourself? How does my body feel now? Or do you already have a schedule of what you're going to do? Most of the time, I've got a list of things that I need to tackle in my head. So yeah, so I hear you. Slow down, take a moment to check in with your body. And then when you start moving, be intentional, be present in the body. Mm -hmm. Which muscle do I feel like I'm working? Am I tensing my neck where I'm working? You know, does something feel like it's pulling and doesn't feel good? How can I adjust that? How can I modify? These are all tremendous lessons that we can learn into our movement. We have to be patient with our body. No, I get that. Okay, what you're talking about sounds great for somebody that is just starting to try to move more, to get more physical. Now, what about somebody um, somebody like me? That's, I'm going to use me as an example. Like, I have a big should in my head. And, and that should is that I need to be lifting weights, even just body body weight more because, you know, I'm 54 years old and I know that it's really important to build um, muscle mass in our bodies. I do not like going to the gym. Um, I I am active. I, I love to ride my bike. I do a lot of walking. I kayak. But there's a big should right there, a big should that I should be doing some weight training. And I'm having a hard time getting my head around around that. So how can you give me some tips? And I, I su- suppose there are others out there listening that will really relate to this. So how, how do we move past that mindset block? It's a very interesting shift there because I do have clients who are athletes, right? And they're working on athletic performance. And sometimes I'll tell people, I will challenge you with a two pound weight. And they look at me like, what? And then when we make the movement intentional and I get them to use their core and the right muscles and we go really slow through the range of motion, they do a few reps and they're like, oh my gosh, I am like, my muscles are shaking. Like what is going on? So how intentional we are with the workout, Pilates is a lot of strength training. It may not appear so, but there is actually strength training into it. Is it different than lifting your body weight? Absolutely. And I'll tell you, that's another place where we, I think, need a mindset shift because I was talking to a client and he had messed up his neck. And I said, so what did you do? I don't remember what he was doing, but he said, my weight was not that heavy. And I said, what were you lifting? So I'm just going to make this up. I don't remember. Let's say he weighs 200 pounds and the weight was 100 pounds. So he goes, it was only 100. And I was like, so you were lifting half of your body weight and you think that's light. And he was <laughs> like, well, okay, I see where you're going with this, right? We have to think about the things that we do. Yeah. I have people who have gotten hurt because they have to finish those last two reps of whatever it is right. they're doing when their neck is screaming and it's saying, please stop because this does not feel good. And now they have permanent injuries. Right. So that is something to think about. So my point going back to you is lift weights. You don't have to lift heavy, heavy weights to stay toned. Uh, I will personally tell you that I think as we age, Bulky muscles do not serve us because they limit our flexibility. And when our flexibility is limited, that restricts our mobility. And as we age, 
we want to stay mobile. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to be careful with what we read and what the newest and latest trends are. Mm -hmm. We have to take into the account because some of my athletes, they say, wow, I'm getting weaker in the gym. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, I used to lift this and now I cannot lift this. Why? Because now they're leveraging the correct muscles and the correct muscles are not strong enough. They had so many compensations and that's why they were in pain. But now when they're training the right muscles, they're like, wow, I can't lift the same weight. And it's, and it's okay. Yeah. You're training the right muscles. You're actually going to get strong in a safe way. That's something to be cheered. But we're so focused on how much weight am I lifting? What's my press like? And, and stay active, you know, like, I mean, women and osteoporosis, you know, now we have a lot of even the cognitive diseases. And if you do intentional movement and you stay really intentional with your movement, there is research that shows that movement is great for cognitive health too. Yeah, I've, I've read some articles about that, um, supporting my uh, get out and walk uh, theory and how benefit it, beneficial it is. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so just trying to shift my mindset um you know i'm 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 wanting to be more interested in and not necessarily the gym but more interested in in doing some weight training and body weight training specifically and i'm struggling with the wanting now is that should i would you recommend that i should just focus on the the like visualize the outcome i want to have for for myself is that is that something that will help me with the the desire um to to do this um is it something i i i don't want to even use the word should but maybe i do need to use the word should maybe this is something i just need to do is it who said you need to do that i feel like okay so i have this vision of this body i want to have and I've been, so I've been actually starting to meditate on that a little bit more. And I do, I do know that I, I am a little more, a little more motivated because I've got this vision in my head of the woman I want to, to, to be. And that includes a really healthy fit body, not, not muscular, but lean and, and fit. So that is, that is helping. Um, I still have to push myself to do you know it's even I only do like a 20 minute body exercise workout thing in the morning that's all I do it's 20 minutes and I'm like oh my god I just I gotta do it (laughs) and I'm wanting to shift that that feeling of this is something I have to do to something I I look forward to doing and I want to do but it's not it's currently is not something I'm really excited about I'm excited about my walks I'm excited about my 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 bike riding and my kayaking but I feel like I need to be doing something more that is going to help me achieve the goals that I want to achieve so I don't know if you've got any insights on that that will help me stay the course so you know what first of all I would there was a lot of needs and shoots and must. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Where, where's that coming from? You know, I didn't hear like, I love to do weight, so therefore I want to do that. I don't love to do it. That's the problem. <laughs> so one, is there potentially something else? You could, I mean, honestly, like Pilates is a lot of, will create long, strong muscles. May, I'm just throwing that out, right? Are there other mobilities aside from the traditional straight training? Like I'm, in, I'm envisioning you're using free weights. 
Do no, I'm not even, I'm just using body weight. I'm doing like dips from, on the chair and oh, my arms feel so sour after doing that. And push-ups and sit-ups and, you know, lunges and just things like that. No, no other weights. It's just my body. <laughs> Great. And also what works for clients is exactly what I told you before. Start doing things that you enjoy. And as your body gets stronger, like, for example, let's take the plank. The plank is actually a pretty advanced exercise as much as we see it everywhere. To do a good plank, it takes a lot. So if you don't have the right biomechanics and you're not leveraging the right muscles, first of all, you might not get the results that you want from the plank until you can get injured. Hmm. If you strengthen the right muscles to where the plank is actually fun, I actually... You know, I play with my clients and say, isn't this fun? And they're always like, your definition of fun is um, <laughs> like weird. But also psyching them, psyching them, you know, they laugh. They say you brainwash us because they'll do an exercise that, you know, that is challenging. And I'll say, didn't that feel delicious into your body? And we're starting to change the mindset. You know, we right. joke about it. But then they start throwing those jokes back. Oh, that felt delicious into my back. And, <laughs> Over time, it doesn't take, it doesn't happen overnight, but over time, and as they start feeling stronger and better, I will tell you, they're like, huh, you know, now I'm going to do a strength training routine. And now they're exciting. It's not mm-hmm. because they have to, or they want to, but because they're feeling better and stronger. And it's a totally different energy that you're going into that versus I dread the next 20 minutes. I have to do something I despise doing on top of everything else. Right. That I, right. Okay, so what I'm hearing is that first, your language that you're using is going to help change your mindset. So you got to you got to be positive, excited, use words that are delicious and fun and the positive um, reframe. Okay, so I'll, I'll start paying attention to the language I'm using about around exercise. And then the second thing I'm hearing from you is that once you start seeing the achievements, that's when it actually really does get fun and exciting. And I, I can I can relate to that like when you when you have success it feels good and then you it motivates you to keep going okay and the, i guess that the first thing i heard from all that too was maybe find another way that is more exciting to you so i've actually never done pilates um i know nothing about pilates so i should maybe explore that pilates. but one thing i want to mention on success because success and tying achievement, especially when it gets to fitness, can become a dangerous place. Why? Because we expect that we're going to do something for a week and we're going to miraculously get the body that we want, you know. So when clients come and they say, well, how long do you, let's say my back pain goes away? And I ask them, well, how old are you? So if they say 55, I'm like, okay, so you have 55 years of habits we have to get out. Oh, Just geez. give them perspective, right? <laughs> Because we have to start changing the mindset around that. And instead of beating your body into submission and into doing something that doesn't feel good, let's embrace the journey that takes us there. Oh, you know what? I did my plans and look at that. I feel like I'm sitting taller and more confident just because I have done it, right? So let's take those little wins and not be so focused on whatever, however you define success. I think that that's probably a really good mindset hack is um, to look at the little wins. Yeah. And be, you know, and the other thing we can go with that can be like a whole other episode, um, body image, you know, that is something that has become yeah. so big nowadays. And we have the apps and the filters and the stuff, and we see so much stuff that is unrealistic. And, you know, I have a lot of women who are middle-aged. I am middle-aged. And 
there are some things will change. Listen, let's can we have an honest conversation? Gravity <laughs> is a thing. It totally it's is. Shit, right? <laughs> so let's be realistic about it. And you know what? Let's embrace it and let's joke about it. It is yeah. what it is. You know, chasing something and beating on ourselves for, you know, gravity ain't going to change. So, you know, you do the best that you can. You feel strong and confident. There is power in being strong. And I think we have forgotten that's part of the mindset shift. There is power into being strong and mobile. And that's that's part of um, the mindset set shift that society needs to take, isn't it? And the whole um, approach to the body and what we're seeing in the media and being told constantly that we're not enough. You're right. That's a totally different episode. And maybe it's we should we should have a talk about that sometime too. Because how do we? You know, it's in our faces all the time. So we we are fighting. Like we're trying to create the right mindset, yet we're having images. Um, shown to us constantly being told by the media, by the TV, by whatever, that we have to be a certain way to be loved, to be accepted, to be, you know, proved. So it's, it's interesting. So we're fighting, we're fighting a much bigger mindset than just our own mindset. Very yeah, interesting. Absolutely. That's when the industry needs like an overhaul. Yeah. We have to start talking about these things and really mm. thinking about them because, you're an active person and you're like, I don't want to do this. Imagine people who don't move and are thinking, oh my gosh, I have to do 20 minutes of that, right? The chances of them doing them consistently are not high. Right, right. Very good. Very interesting um, conversation. Lots, uh, lots to think about here. I noticed your website. I, I should probably spend some more time on it. Um, you offer on, some o- online Pilates classes, I think. Do you not? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I might be checking that out. <laughs> you should totally come check out the class. You know, I do that for people because it's a different experience. And my, you know, I had somebody email me after a class and she said, um, I have never heard anybody in fitness say, meet your body where it is. And Mm. I think that's, again, part of the whole mindset shift because I fully believe in that and I encourage people to do what they can do and what feels good for their bodies. So anyways, I, um, I do offer some, you know, opportunities to check out classes and see if you like my style because different. Yeah, I, I will definitely check that out and I will put the link to your website in our show notes so other people can check it out. What What is the website? Just verbalize it so people can hear it. It's rebellious-studio.com. Okay, rebellious-studio.com. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> oh, what a what a great conversation with my, my new friend, not the communist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. I really enjoyed um, all this stuff today. And I know that um, the Joyful Journey are listening got some good value out of this too. So thank you so much, uh, Maria, for sharing your wisdom with us and your heart and your soul and your story. And I, I really look forward to checking out your your online courses. That might be my next, my next thing, my next movement um, might be Pilates. Awesome. Thank you, Amika. I appreciate you. Thank you for the opportunity to share with your tribe. Yeah, wonderful. And Joyful Journeyer, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you know anybody who needs to hear this show that um, needs a mind shift, uh, mindset shift, please share this with them. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 
Thank you for joining me on the Joyful Journey podcast. If anything resonated for you from today's show, or if you are looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose, or how to activate that purpose, then head over to joyfuljourney.ca and become a member of our community. We'll start by sending you a free download of our three guiding principles to inner wisdom, which will give you a great foundation for finding the clarity you are seeking. And you'll become part of a growing community of people who are raising the collective consciousness. So head over to joyfuljourney.ca and I look forward to connecting with you directly.